0: It is so important that the Atlanta Falcons finish strong versus the Carolina Panthers in week one. Me and my guests are breaking down exactly why on today's podcast. You are locked on Falcons, your daily Atlanta Falcons podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome back, everyone, to another illustrious episode of the Locked On Falcons podcast, your daily Atlanta Falcons podcast, part of Locked On Sports Atlanta, your team every day. And today's episode is brought to you by Prize Picks, the easiest and most exciting way to play daily fantasy sports. Go to prizepicks.com slash locked on NFL and use the code all lowercase locked on NFL for a first deposit match up to $100. So, guys, if you don't know me, I am your very humble host, Aaron Freeman, formerly covered the Falcons at FalkFans.com RIP for many years. Now this humble host of this illustrious podcast, people know me by a variety of AKAs and aliases. One of them is Sirius Black. One of them is Mr. Virtue Signal. One of them is Mr. Holier Than Thou. Mr. High and Mighty were a couple of new ones I got today. Uh, and of course, one of them is Mr. Drew. My friends call me Negative Nancy. But you can call me Mr. Drew, but you can become one of my friends by becoming an everydayer of this illustrious podcast. All you got to do is subscribe or follow for free on YouTube or wherever you listen to podcasts to get the latest episode as soon as it's available as your first listen. So, without further ado, guys, we are going to jump into a conversation that I had today with Scott Baer of AtlantaFalcons.com about this week one win. So, let's get into it right now all right everyone welcome back with another illustrious guest he is none other than scott bear i I believe your official title is the managing digital editor of atlantafalcons.com is is that accurate scott
1: yeah, that's a bunch of fancy terms put together by uh, somebody on the corporate side of the building. I'm not sure what it means, but it sounds cool and it looks good on a business card. So I'll absolutely.
0: <laughs> absolutely. So you guys know Scott. He, he covers the Atlanta Falcons as he, he writes stuff. He podcasts about them. He talks about them. He's seen practices. We wanted to get Scott on ahead of week one to talk more about the season, but I'm glad it didn't really work out that way. And we can have you on to talk about this week one matchup and so we'll jump into that Scott what was your biggest takeaway from the Falcons week one win over the Carolina Panthers
1: yeah I love that they finished because if you look back at how many one score games were lost last year because of an inability to close even if you go back to the season opener last year against New Orleans that was a game that could have and should have been won and was lost and I think it was important that despite the fact that every that offense and defense seemed a little disjointed early on, that they found a way to make adjustments and deal with the problems that they had. And then they finished strong. Not only finished strong, but they won by two scores. That hasn't happened very much over the course of the last two years. I like that they got better. I like that they identified problems and fixed them. And um, to, in talking to uh, Bajan Robinson uh, on Sunday night about what It was like at halftime when things weren't going their way he said guys i'm not lying to you there was no panic there was no anger there was we got this how do we fix it and i think that that type of approach especially because the pressure's on everybody's picking you to win you're a hometown favorite you have this massive crowd that's really into it how do we not lose this opportunity and the fact that they found a way to grasp it and hold on to it i think was pretty impressive
0: Okay. Yeah. I knew a couple of Falcon fans that were panicking at halftime. So it's nice <laughs> to see uh the fan the the players and the coaches uh were not. And I, I think it's a great point that you bring up that the team finished compared to last year. And right, like when you look at that two score win, like I wouldn't probably describe this game. It didn't feel like a two-score win, right. given how most of the game went. But again, I think the point is that this team was able to assert its will do the things that it wanted to do at the end of the game to make it that fourth quarter as lopsided as it was to make the score what it is. And so even if you didn't get the quote unquote domination that I think a lot of people were hoping to see in the first three quarters, getting that in the fourth quarter, especially when you compare that to what we saw last year where it was kind of domination in the first three quarters and then complete collapse in the fourth quarter does speak to, I think the, Th- this team is different from previous teams. Is that fair to say?
1: Yeah, I think so. And part of it is that the you know everybody knows about the salary cap constraints, and they were able to go out and buy veterans, especially on defense, that have been there and done that. Now, Jesse Bates doesn't have a Super Bowl ring, but he has an AFC Championship ring. And Calais Campbell has been around the block a couple thousand times. And Bud Dupree has been in the playoffs and has been around teams that have finished, and I think having those that those those types of presence presences, I don't know, uh, having that I think is invaluable. Just because when young guys, they're not just looking to coaches who are telling you something. You're looking to Kaleas or Bud or Jesse, and you're seeing and you're looking in their eyes, and there's no panic. I think that that spreads across, and that can help them in those moments.
0: Yes. So uh, we will continue this conversation here with Scott Baer about the Falcons week one win and we'll turn our attention to the Falcons two headed monster in the ground game as we continue today's Locked on Falcons. Now, the NFL season has kicked off and you can start your season with some of the incredible offers over at FanDuel. America's number one sports book. Right now, new customers can bet $5 and get $200 in bonus bets guaranteed. Plus, all customers who bet $5 will get $100 off NFL Sunday ticket from YouTube and YouTube TV. And right now is, of course, the best time to join FanDuel. It's an easy app to use. You can bet on everything from spreads to player props and so much more. And if you're looking to bet on the Falcons' upcoming week two matchup against the Green Bay Packers, the Falcons are one and a half point underdogs over at FanDuel. So, you know, if you feel like the Falcons will come out ahead or behind, go take, you know, your uh, talents over to FanDuel by visiting FanDuel.com slash locked on and kick off the NFL season with an offer that you don't want to miss. FanDuel is an official partner of the NFL. So, of course, I am joined by Scott Bear of AtlantaFalcons.com. And we're talking about the Falcons uh impressive I, you know I, i'm sure again this the adjectives that other people use might be different than that but uh you know much needed win i guess is probably the fair there you go i like that one um and you know one of the things that we we figured would be the hallmark of this team and we'll talk about the defense coming up but a lot was made this offseason about the improvements made to the defense but sort of the, the identity of this team is going to revolve around the running game. I don't think that's any secret. And this two-headed monster that the Falcons have in the backfield with Bijan Robinson and Tyler Algier, a lot was made of what Bijan would be and, you know, people expecting him to, like, break records as a rookie. And, like, the whole summer, I was like, I don't think I don't think we're going to forget about Tyler Algier, guys. Uh, and we didn't forget about Tyler Algier because I mean, you know, it's I don't know. I, I'll get your opinion on this guy. But, like, you know, Bijan was very impressive in week one, but Tyler Algier was also, is it fair to say equally impressive in week one? Even if the, the ways that Tyler Algier succeeds is not exactly the ways that Bijan, you know, I, I don't know how you balance that.
1: Yeah, I think it's about what shows up on Sports Center's top 10, right? And Bijan showed up there because he did that pirouette, stop on a dime and watch the linebacker go right by him sort of a thing. And that's like, wow, right? Wow. If you look at that touchdown run where, don't forget, he still had to split two defenders uh, down the way so he can get physical. And that was a really impressive run. But you look at what Tyler Algier did on his first touchdown where he expects a hole to develop. Not there. Does he panic? No. He just waits and waits and still nothing is developing on the inside. So what do you do? Okay, now he reaches the left flank. He gains the angle, tucks it under the pylon. That's a really nice play too. But it, it doesn't involve the type of – and if we're going to throw out adjectives that we'll get made fun of later – the sort of elegance to the way that he functions, right? And it's just like mind-blowing how he did it where Tyler is a big physical guy being big and physical. But I, I think that if you look at it, it's, it's two somewhat contrasting styles. I think elusiveness is their binding trait. But the thing is, if you look at the stats really closely, if we're just talking about uh, yards per touch, right? So that includes receiving and rushing. Yards per touch, Tyler Algier averaged 5.2 yards per touch. Bajon Robinson averaged 5.18 yards per touch, right? That's right there. And I think that that's why, but because Tyler doesn't do things that, oh my gosh, have we ever seen that before, you know, that, Bajan will continue to get more attention, but I think that those of us who follow the team like you and I do, I think can see and respect and understand, one, the work that Tyler's doing, his elusiveness, and two, I I think that there's, especially from, I mean, just look at the stat sheet. There's plenty of work to go around for both of these guys.
0: Yeah, yeah. The the thing I'll say is I appreciate Tyler Aguirre for what he is. I don't expect him to be Bajon Robinson, just like I don't expect uh, Bijan to be Tyler Algier. So it's like right. you just appreciate the contrasting and complementary styles that they bring to this offense. And I think we'll hopefully continue to see those two styles work very well together in over the next 16 games. But um, the other thing touched upon already a little bit is the defense and how they finish this game. And it was nice to see. Like I was talking to some folks in the Lockdown Falcons Discord as I do every Saturday. Swing by if you have your afternoon free uh, for our Saturday symposiums, which is basically a Twitter space. Um, So that's every Saturday uh, plug. But, you know, we we were talking, as we often do as Falcon fans, when you get a bunch of Falcon fans in a room talking together, we we get into our shared misery, right? And so for whatever reason, this past weekend, the past games with the Philadelphia Eagles came up. And that 2018 season opener against the Eagles – Um, was a rough one. I know, Scott, this was before your time uh, covering the Falcons. I think you were still with the Raiders at that time, if I'm not mistaken. But that was a game where it was notable to me that the Eagles' defensive line, as it often does, asserted its will late in the game against the Falcons' offensive line, and the Falcons just could not hold up getting in a come-from-behind situation where they had to throw the ball to win the game. And one of the things I said to the folks at the Discord was, one day i would like to see that from a falcons pass rush and i think we saw that on sunday with the the panthers where you didn't really see the i think a lot of people went into the game expecting the the panthers offensive line to be this disaster and the falcons defensive line to kind of dominate from the start and you didn't really get that you didn't get a ton of pressure uh on Bryce Young you didn't really see the team you know carolina outrush the falcons in this game but once the circumstances flipped and it was The Falcons didn't have to worry about stopping the run. They could just pin their ears back. You got to see that aggressive attacking style of defense that Ryan Nielsen has been preaching. And so for me, it's like, hey, I saw the thing that I've been waiting years and years to see. What were your thoughts on the Falcons' defensive performance in this week one game?
1: Yeah, I I think it was a little bit of a slow start. There was was room to run, especially on the inside for Carolina early on, which was a surprise to me considering that that area is... Often manned by Grady Jarrett and David Onyemata, who had good games. Uh, I think one thing that that we saw. I mean, how heavy is that rotation up front, right? The, mm-hmm. the, these wholesale changes saw tons of snaps from what I guess could be considered a second line, um, but if you talk to a pass rusher, especially about sacks, they say, look, sacks come when there's an opportunity to have it. I can't sack somebody if they're going to run up the middle, not possible. I can't sack somebody. They're going to throw it into like into the flat in 0.75 seconds. Like that's just not possible, but there are opportunities where you can get sacks and guess what those are. Those are when like to your point that you've got to throw and you've got to work the ball downfield and you're forced to be more one dimensional and at times I think the Falcons have been in those positions that have not been able to capitalize. The thing that I liked about it is that we saw so many people get involved. I mean, over the course of the game, 28 pressures, three sacks, um, you know, you, you want to see those sack totals get higher, but I, I do think that the volume of pressure from a number of different people was important in how they were able to get it done. And in big moments, like on that big third down, Troy Anderson and Grady Jarrett played a meme at the quarterback. And those are the types of things that you want to continue to see. Now, look, there's no better time, even with the number one overall draft pick, there's no better time to catch a rookie quarterback than a week one, right? Like that's the best time to get it. So they're going to meet some resistance from more experienced quarterbacks who know how to operate without maybe getting into that type of trouble. But I don't think that matters. I I think that you saw the defensive front really take over that, that game late. That's probably why it, it didn't end up being a one score game that it, because you're right. It didn't feel like a two score win. I think it ultimately was because that defensive line prevented Carolina from getting back in the game. Let's go back to the last home Carolina game. And you got DJ Moore, you know, covered by Cornell Armstrong and Rashawn Evans chasing him a million miles down the, and c- connecting on a 61-yard Hail Mary. Like, in my mind, and if we can just play hypotheticals, in my mind, this defensive front never lets that play happen. No way. And I think that that's another one of those things where that's a sign of improvement. But, again, I – I like the volume of people getting involved in the pass rush. I think that's important. If you're going to rely on one dude getting you 12 sacks, I think so, and that guy has a tough time or he runs up against Trent Williams or something that, that that's difficult. I, I think that this can be like a group of hyenas, right? Really like with maybe six, seven guys with five sacks and you never know where the pressure's coming from. Uh, that's why I think they can be Im- impactful, especially late in games.
0: I like the group of hyenas uh, <laughs> metaphor. I like that a lot. Um, I'm I'm already picturing in the way that hyenas hunt. Yeah, I, I like that a lot. Um, so I'm going to steal that from you, uh, Scott. So I appreciate that. Um, <laughs> we will uh, continue this conversation talking a little bit about some of those concerns. Right. We've talked about the positives. Right. But. Let's talk about the passing game. And I think most people that walked away from this game a little concerned. We'll get Scott and see how what his level of concern is coming out of this week one game as we wrap up today's Locked Off Falcons. And guys, Prize Picks is back with a fun and quick way to play Daily Fantasy. It's simple. All you got to do is pick two or more players and pick more or less on your entry on their projected stats. And it's quick, it takes less than a minute. I like to get my money quick, and when you can earn up to 25 times your money with those entries, it's a great way. I think prize picks is also great to enhance fantasy football, right? Not just playing daily fantasy, but enhancing the fantasy that you play each and every weekend. Say, if you are uh, got um, Dalton Kincaid or Garrett Wilson on your fantasy team, it'd be great to go more or less on the entry to either enhance your expectations for what those guys could do for your fantasy team or as a hedge against maybe one of those guys struggling and not helping your fantasy team. It's why prize picks is number one daily fantasy sports app. So go to prize slash locked on and use the code locked on NFL for a first deposit match up to $100. That's prize slash locked on NFL, or use the promo code locked on NFL, all in lowercase prize picks daily fantasy made easy. So, Scott, before we wrap up today's Locked on Falcons, I want to give a special shout out to the everydayers that tune in each and every day uh, as their first listen, of course, continue to make this podcast your first listen, especially tomorrow, where I will be breaking down my assessment of the all 22 film. And, of course, that's an opportunity for people to ask their film related questions or, you know, questions about really anything uh, that people want. And, of course, uh, all the places to ask that will be in the description below. But, Scott, wrapping up today's episode are you concerned about the Falcons passing game?
1: It didn't get off to a good start, did it? Uh, absolutely not. The ability to move the ball downfield was hindered. You could tell that Brian Burns seemed like he was ready to sign a new contract in the yeah. second quarter. Yeah. He was a difficult human being to handle. The thing, especially one on one, and I'm not knocking Caleb. I'm just saying that 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 particular matchup at this particular time with a motivated and super talented individual created problems for the entire Falcons front. Desmond Ritter actually was pretty honest in saying that the offense needs to be better. I agree with him. I think most people do. And the ability to work the ball downfield, maybe being too slow with his reads. And uh, Arthur Smith talked a lot about, spacing within his wide receivers within the pattern that that wasn't exactly as crisp as he would like. I think all and pass protection. I hate blaming offensive linemen because that's all that happens to them. Like they get blamed for stuff, right? Um, They weren't perfect. But what I liked was that the coach realized we have a one-on-one matchup problem. Okay, well, let's fix it. And did you notice how Michael Pruitt started following Brian Burns around a little bit, maybe to chip, maybe to stick around and help Protect, And I think that those are the types of things where you can mitigate it, or all of a sudden you're getting Robinson in, in the flat. Like, let's give the playmakers some opportunities to make plays. Now, some of those plays in the flat, Robinson got drilled, right? Or Kyle Pitts missed a, a block or some things didn't work. It just seemed disjointed. And I thought that the downfield passing game, which is a perfect complement to a good run game is play action it, and let it fly that those types of things. I think need to be a more prevalent part of the passing game. I also think, and I'm not trying to play coach here. That's not what I do. But if you look at the bodies that you have with Kyle Pitts and Drake London, I can think of a number of examples from both of them, even going back to Kyle's rookie year against the Dolphins, right? Hey, Kyle, can you run a go route? And I'm going to chuck it and we're going to see what happens. And most of the time that's going to end up well for you. So I think creating those opportunities for those guys to push the ball downfield is important. I know it's important to the Falcons and I don't think that there's anybody I'm in the building right now. I don't, I don't, I don't think there's anybody on the football side of things that's going to walk away and be real thrilled with how, with, 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 how the passing game went. I don't think though that it's, I think it's a fixable issue. I was talking to Tory McAlaney about this um, last night and it's not a, t- so many times the last couple of years, it was a talent disparity problem our guy's going to get beat because their guy's way better, right? Or our guy can't get open because their guy is way better. I don't think that's the situation that we're dealing with. I think we're dealing with some technical issues that can be worked out. I think there's timing and some of these other things that can be coached and practiced into it. Um, so I'm my level of concern isn't like in orange or red. Mm-hmm. But probably in yellow, right? Because the big questions is... Can the quarterback do what he needs to do to get the ball to these skill players? Can this passing game accent a run game and become an offense that is truly hard to stop? We don't know. We didn't know that to start the game. We didn't know it at the finish. And at some point, they're going to have to prove it to us. So if you and I are talking again after the London game or after the Tampa game, and we got the same problems, I'm going from red to, I'm, I'm, I'm going from yellow to orange reddish right Mm -hmm. because if these problems i'm saying are fixable don't get fixed then we got a situation so it is a valid concern it is week one the old cliche is better to fix problems with a win and that's true but there are problems here and i think they do need to get better i think they need to get better in a hurry because green bay didn't look like a slouch i mean Mm -hmm. i i know chicago's got its problems but that could be a situation where It's not like, oh, they're going up against Jordan Love. It could be they're going up against Jordan Love. They better be ready to go and better be ready to match his scoring output. So got to get better fast uh, if you want to keep the positive momentum from week one going.
0: Yeah, I think that's a great point that you made there, Scott. Yeah, I think it is a concern. I I think almost everybody recognizes that probably this performance is not sustainable long term to to get the Falcons where they want to go but you know the old cliche of it you know it's one game as as they say and it's like i'll, I'll wait and see you know how they fix the issue because i you know I, I don't always love making the matt ryan comparisons with desmond ritter but i just remember with matt ryan like when he would have a bad game he would generally bounce back the next week right and i felt like with desmond ritter last year and again we don't have a, a large sample but he seemed to get better each and every week. And so, you know, the starting point was maybe not as high as I think some people hoped it and wanted it to be in week one. But it's like, okay, how do you, as the old cliche, stack days, but stack games um, when it comes to this stuff. And so that's more of I'll, – I'll, I'll judge him more off of that than sort of where it starts. It's more about, you know, how they finish and whatnot.
1: So. Yeah, I, I think – NFL fandom and studying NFL teams. It's fascinating to me. That's why we, you and I devote so much time to this stuff is that uh, you don't have any, like you see very little of an NFL team and what it can be from the time it's formed in March until September. You don't have a lot of evidence. Even if you're watching practice, you don't have tons and tons of evidence. And then you get this one game and you're like, Hey, now we have some evidence. What conclusions can we draw? None. Right. But I'm also not of the opinion that, well, you got to wait till week 11. No, yeah. I think if you can get to the quarter poll, I think you can start analyzing. Okay, here's where the real problems are. And here's where, here's where the issues that presented themselves didn't get fixed. Or is this pe- like late game pass rush? Is it sustainable? We know that they can't go to Bajan and Tyler over 70% of their touches can't do it. Right. So can they fix the problems that they have? Can they improve? Can they find different ways to win? And I think that you learn about like a team and its identity and what it's going to stand for and what you can expect every week. You need to see multiple games in order to figure those things out. So yeah, it wasn't a perfect performance, not by any stretch, even defensively, right? You're letting a team get too many easy runs early on how big was that fourth down stop early on that, 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 that one play had such a huge impact on everything else that came afterward. And I think that, all right, so like, what can we learn about this team next? And I'm pretty excited about it because this team's so intriguing. There's so many new parts, there's so many entertaining players to watch on both sides of the football and seeing it uh, come together and see how they deal with adversity, which is coming. Um, I think is going to be really interesting to watch. I mean, gosh, if Arthur Blank takes to a podium and says, this is the third year of a three-year plan, that to me says something. So um, how are they going to execute in the early portions of the third year of this three-year plan? Uh, It's going to be important, and obviously uh, results are the most important thing.
0: Yeah, I agree. So, Scott, appreciate you coming on Locked on Falcons. Uh, glad, uh, you know, we had to punt this to uh, Monday as opposed to doing it on Wednesday of last week or whenever it was supposed to be. Uh, really always appreciate your insight there. But let the people know where they can go to get further insight from you uh, yeah. this week and in, in all season
1: long. Yeah, uh, I'm going to use my time, really focus on the podcast side of things. You have a great product here, but if people love podcasts or they have a really long commute, you might as well subscribe to more than one, and you can find uh, the Atlanta Falcons Podcast Network. All of our offerings are in one spot. So that's Falcons Audible with Dave Archer, Derek Rackley, and DJ Shockley. Uh, Falcons Final Whistle, which is a post game podcast, and some. Uh, analysis with me and Tori McElhaney and our new person, uh, Taryn walk and our Falcons in focus, which is like my favorite part of the week, which is a longer personality based profile series. You don't have to look to a bunch of different channels all in one Atlanta Falcons podcast network, uh, go there, hit the subscribe button, maybe five stars or something like, after you do all that for locked on, if you could hop over and do that for us too, that would Pre- be
0: cool. appreciate the 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 love there, Scott. Yes. Yeah. Check out those shows. You know, I don't listen to that many Falcons podcasts, but I do check out some of those shows. So yeah, because you're too busy
1: making a thousand of them. So
0: <laughs> yeah, pretty much it. Yeah. Once yeah. once I clock out, I'm like, I'm I'm done with the Falcons after yeah. after I, get I don't <laughs> so uh, but yeah, all all great content there, especially the the really enjoyed the Falcons and focus stuff over the summer of just getting through those dog days of summers, getting to know some of the players a little bit better. So always highly recommend that. But Scott really appreciate you coming on uh, today's lockdown Falcons. Look forward to future conversations. And hopefully if we have you back on later in the season, you know, these issues that we're talking about will be non issues at that point.
1: Yeah. Well, it, that's uh that's the plan I'm sure of this staff is, you know, like you said, man, stacking days got to do it.
0: So, guys, that's going to do it for us on today's Locked on Falcons. Appreciate Scott Bear for joining me. Of course, as I mentioned earlier, tomorrow will be the All 22 review, and I'll probably be talking about the pass rush. I'll be talking about the passing game. Those are probably the two main topics I talk about. But if there's other topics that you want me to get into on the podcast, of course, you can submit those questions via email at LockedOnFalcons at mail.com, via the Lockdown Falcons Discord link in the description below. You can hit me up on Twitter at Lockdown Falcons as well. Um, and, of course, we now have a subtext. And if you haven't joined our subtext, it's basically a way for you to get text me um, provide your feedback, get insight and information in addition to what you get here on the podcast. And, you know, one way that you can, you know, if, if if you're not enticed enough, you know, I think some of the people that join the subtext may get priority on some of these upcoming Q&As throughout the season. And so if you want to join that, click the link in the description below. It's $4.99 a month, but you start off with a 14-day free trial. So you can try it for two weeks. If you like it, keep going. If you don't like it, then you can drop it no questions asked. So, uh hopefully check that out guys. Um and we will be back tomorrow. So continue to make us your first listen with that all 22 review for your second listen, check out the Locked On NFL podcast breaking down all the big action from this past week as well as the upcoming action next week, including the uh or last week's action with the Monday night game. That's what they'll be breaking down as you're probably listening to this on uh, Lockdown NFL. So it's all part of Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day.